This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. The controversy is heating up over the Prime Minister's decision to grant a sole source contract of nearly a billion dollars to a charity that he's involved with. Justin Trudeau has been on the defensive since it was revealed last week that the WE charity had been chosen to administer a grant program for students, which would provide them with up to $5,000 to put towards their education for volunteering for causes related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Trudeau's defense was that the charity was the only organization capable of administering this program and that they would not be making a profit, even though they'd be earning about $20 million in fees. Well, now we are learning that the WE Charity itself is offering 450 online student volunteer placements at their own organization as part of the program, which means they are giving themselves taxpayer-funded help. There are a bunch of other issues that have come up with this. What do you think? The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now we go to Conservative MP for Carleton, Pierre Polyevra. Hi, Pierre. How are you? I'm good. Good to be with you. Good, good to have you on this. So you and some other conservative MPs are asking the Auditor General to have a look at this. That's right. This is a billion-dollar sole source contract to a Trudeau-linked charity uh, for the purposes of creating, quote, paid volunteer positions, something that itself is an oxymoron. Uh, and uh, it doesn't, uh, there is no rationale for the outsourcing of the program at all all of which uh, arouses suspicion and provokes our uh, call for the Auditor General to perform a full audit and find out not just where the money ultimately goes, but also to obtain all of the documents that led up to the original decision. We, We don't think this would have been a proposal that the public service would have advanced, given that they could the bureaucracy is fully capable of implementing a program like this without a third-party charity to run it. Um, and so we want to know who, who instigated it from the very beginning. Did it come from we? Did it come from Mr. Trudeau or some other individual linked to the organization? Or did it, as he's claimed, in fact come from the public service? Uh, yeah, we will have to drill down on, on all of that. But, uh, he said with, you know, great conviction, the We Charity is the only organization big enough to handle this. Well, that's false. I know that because I was the minister responsible for another organization called the Department of Employment and Social Development, which administers programs like this all the time. Uh, it, uh, we have something, for example, called the Canada Summer Jobs Program which gives uh, a wage subsidy of about $7 an hour to employers who hire 
young people for the summer, and then the employer pays the other seven or eight dollars an hour, and then the the young person can get a job working for a local small business, a charity, non not for profit, community association, etc. Uh, and that program has been in existence for well over a decade and a half. Uh, all the prime minister would have needed to do is expand it. Say, I want to earmark an extra twenty or thirty thousand youth job placements, uh, and we'll invite any charity or nonprofit uh, in the country to simply hire a, a local young person and and receive the the summer jobs wage subsidy. That would have been a very easy way to do what he claims he wants to do. Involving this Trudeau-Link charity in the program creates a a lot of suspicion as to what's really going on here. Uh, Yeah, do you have any theories? It looks like uh, that this has been driven by relationships. Uh, The prime minister's wife is considered an ambassador and ally for WE. Um, Mr. Trudeau has been a regular speaker at these WE conferences, which give him massive uh, publicity um, and massive visibility with large numbers of young people. Um, The organization has been very friendly to the Trudeaus. uh, And I think that uh, there's no doubt that uh, there's a perception that these relationships may have led to this very lucrative contract. There was an interesting story in the National Post, and it was based on somebody who was in on a conference call with one of the founders of the charity, Mark Kielberger, and it said that that when he talked about this, he said that he got a call from the Prime Minister's office asking we to be involved, which of course would be not... Uh, that would not be kosher at all. And then he walked it back because after Trudeau said that it was actually the public service that came up with this. What do you make of that? Well, uh, it, it plays into my earlier remarks wherein I suggested that this might be relationships uh, that led to the, to the billion-dollar contract rather than public administration, you know, I, I find it very hard to believe that the senior public service is on side with this contract. It basically re- takes public administration out of the hands of the government and puts it into the hands of a well-connected charity. Um, and so I would not be surprised if Mr. Kielberger, in fact, did get the news from the PMO that his organization had received this billion-dollar funding um, and I would also not be surprised if there were discussions between Mr. Trudeau's team and we before this whole thing was concocted. And and that's one of the things we need to know about, right? Like, were, were they, you know, the prime minister claims, oh, you know, the public servants went out and scoured the earth and they could only find one charity to do this job. I, I have a suspicion that this was decided at the political level between liberal staffers and the organization that Mr. Trudeau and maybe others around him were involved in concocting it, rather than, as he now claims, that there are all these impartial public servants concluding that they that we is the only way to proceed. There's an, another thing that I find troubling in this, and that's uh, we learned that we is offering 
$12,000 to teachers who recruit at least 75 students to participate in this? Yeah, that is also very strange. So I, I, I've never heard of a teacher getting a commission or a grant from an outside party to recruit his or her own students uh, to, to any cause. Like, you know, could you imagine if, um, for example, you had teachers going around the halls of their schools recruiting um, kids to sell Amway products or to be to participate in some sort of business scheme or even an outside non-school uh, club or organization and then getting paid, not just recruiting them, but then getting paid a special bonus by a third party to do so. That would be a very strange arrangement. I'd be I, I wouldn't be surprised if a number of school boards would say, look, this is runs against our conflict of interest rules. Uh, our teachers are not supposed to be profiting off of the ro their relationships with their students. Um, and they're also in a position of authority, right? Because these same teachers can give grades and um, report cards to those kids. Uh, and so if they have, if those kids feel that they have to participate in some organization to please the teacher, then there's obviously uh, undue pressure on the kids. So, just another layer of um, suspicion uh, on top of everything else we've discussed. Well, it, it's, I mean, on the one hand, the Prime Minister said this is the, or, only, the only organization capable of, of doing it on this scale, and, and on the other, so they're looking at teachers to help them recruit. And uh, also, it was interesting, they approached Volunteer Canada, and Volunteer Canada said, we're not going to work with them on this, because first of all, is it a volunteer job, or is it a paid job? And it looks like a paid job, and they're being paid below minimum wage. So uh, it's not for us. Yeah, it is. It's clearly employment. I mean, if you're being paid, it's employment. If you're not being paid, it's volunteer work. But so let's let's call a spade a spade. It is an employment program uh, and uh, a below minimum wage program. Uh, again, I don't understand why they have to go down this road. If really what they wanted to do was recruit young people to support charities, they could just have expanded the Canada Summer Jobs Program. They could have had a notice up on the ESDC website, which the charities track, and have a notice sent from CRA to all the registered charities. Hey, look, if you want to hire a student, we're providing some extra funding this year to get us all through COVID. Uh, we'll cover half the wage for you to get uh, another young person working at the food bank, the women's shelter, uh, the United Way branch, etc. cetera. Uh, and the, the, all of the infrastructure is there to do that. So the fact that they're not using the programs that are already up and running suggests that this really isn't about helping charities or young people. It's about helping someone else. Well, it's, um, I'd like to give the numbers out again, because there's certainly a lot of questions that this raises, and I'd like to know what people think of us. Are you uh, perturbed by this at all? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm talking to Pierre Polyevra. He and some other Conservative MPs have asked the Auditor General to look into this sole source contract to the WE Charity, which is a charity the Trudeau's have 
have been involved with for years. And uh, they, uh, according to the prime minister, are the only ones capable of administering this uh, $918 million program to pay students up to $5,000 to, quote, volunteer. Pierre Polyevre says otherwise, that the government could have done this. And, and then there's the whole question. So apparently 450 of these jobs are with WE itself, and they are called online volunteer positions when people are saying, so first of all, they will get to benefit from this taxpayer-funded job. And, and these are online jobs. And people would have expected volunteer jobs related to COVID would have been helping out in food banks, shelters, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you would think that, that you'd, you'd have uh, kids uh, out uh, working for local charities that we all recognize, like the food bank uh, or like a homeless shelter, but um, apparently not. Uh, and uh, I think a lot of charities are going to resent what's happened here. They're being excluded or they have to be subcontracted if they want to be included at all. Uh, it's a billion dollars, a lot of money uh, going out the door for this. Um, and uh, I think that uh, if I were advising the PMO right now, I'd say cancel it. Just drop it. Pay a small administrative penalty to the organization and say, look, we didn't think this through. It's a mistake. We're not going ahead with it. Because the deeper this goes, the farther along it continues, the more the trouble is going to mount. And I think this could be a scandal that engulfs the government if they don't pull out of it soon. Really? Uh, I mean, yeah. it's interesting. You know, the charity said they're not making any profit from it. But, you know, and it, the way charities report uh, their money and their stuff in administration and education, but twenty million dollars—it's—it's hard to imagine that—that that, uh, that's what it's actually costing them to administer it. I, I can't imagine how the cost could be that high, but uh, they—and—and um, and, I, mean, I, I think there's any any number of organizations that could do it more affordably. Um, in fact, again, we don't need any third party to do this because the public service has all the systems in place to do that, do it already. So um, anyway, we're going to keep digging and uh, I hope that the government will, will release all the documents that led up to the original decision, all the recommendations uh, that have come from the public service. I think uh, it'll be very interesting to find out if uh, the public service indeed did recommend this as the prime minister has claimed, because I, I know the public service very well, having been in Parliament for six, 16 years, and I just can't imagine they would have recommended this. Uh, and uh, I think if, if the Prime Minister misled Canadians about that, he's going to have a lot of uh, ethical egg on his face and a lot of explaining to do. So much more to come out on this, and that's why I think uh, we need to continue the press for answers. Uh, we need to use all the tools at our disposal to find out what what led to this decision. Okay, hold on a sec. Let's hear from Bill in Wasega Beach. Hi, Bill. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Uh, enjoying the heat. <laughs> Trust okay. me, enjoying the heat. Yep. Uh, my comments, yes, I think uh, this is rather despicable. Um, not at all in favor of the way he's done this. My comment to um, Pierre, um, well, maybe to both of you, I, for me, it's a little... Um, 
I guess I wonder, we should stop pussyfooting around. Like, let's call it what it is. He, he's not going to backtrack. He's not going to change. He's been ramming things through since all this COVID stuff happened. What does it take to get Parliament back be recalled? A good question. Does, well, we, we have asked for that. General do it? Sorry, go ahead. Thank you very much for your question, uh, Bill. We, we have asked for Parliament to be recalled. Unfortunately, right. the NDP and the Liberals uh, cut a deal to yeah. keep it largely closed. Um, and uh, other than some Zoom committee meetings and the occasional parliamentary session to uh, approve legislation, um, we're, we're basically closed for business at least for the next two months. And I suspect the Prime Minister will be looking for excuses to close it even longer thereafter. So um, I, I, we're going to keep fighting for it. Unfortunately, we as conservatives only have a, about a third of the seats in the House of Commons. Therefore, we don't have the majority numbers necessary to command the agenda and uh, return Parliament to, to its normal sitting. Okay, let's hear from Celeste in Hamilton. Hi, Celeste. Oh, hey, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I really enjoy your show. Great. Thank you. I just wanted to make a comment. I agree with the caller before me, but I think I don't think that the prime minister can be trusted at all. Like I really think he's targeting the youth to get reelected, and I think he he you know he he likes to have control, and I think he wants to be reelected without any restraints, so he can sort of forward his own agenda for the country. Uh, you mean uh, majority government? Well, he doesn't have to worry about that for a while. Um, yeah. Celeste, thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, we. I'll take one more. We're starting to run out of time on this. Uh, Warren in Oshawa. Hi, Warren. Hi, Libby. How's it going? Fine. Hi, Go Pierre. Um, Mr. Trudeau, it just sounds like a sponsorship scandal of the old John Crutchin era. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, uh, without, I, I can't, cannot believe there would be another, not another organization that could do this. Just one, and they get, you know, millions and millions of dollars just because it's under Justin Trudeau's name. That's the question. Yeah. Warren, thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Pierre Polyever, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, listen, I, 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 I'm convening with my conservative colleagues. I've got a call with some other opposition MPs from different parties. We're going to craft a plan to use Parliament's authority to get our hands on all the documents, get the, the, the Auditor General to do a full review, um, get the relevant officials to testify under oath so that we can find out how this decision was made uh, not to mention, I have to say, uh, Libby, I have not seen this level of journalistic curiosity uh, on a subject since the outbreak of the um, SNC-Lavalin scandal. So I think there's, I think there's a lot of digging and investigation, and your listeners should be hopeful that with the combined efforts of our opposition and some in the media, not all, we can get to the bottom of this, and I'm hoping we can do it before a billion dollars goes up in smoke. You have my word that I'll do everything I can. Okay, yeah, I mean, uh, frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, something as simple as, you know, somebody over dinner has said, wouldn't this be a great idea? Um, it, it does have, it does seem like it was crafted by political players, not by the normal public service management Um and so I think, Libby, your your idea, your your impression is very accurate. 
I think it could have been a conversation among well-connected friends saying, listen, we could do this fantastic billion-dollar program. And, and then the prime minister went back to his officials and said, uh, let it be done. And uh, so that's probably how we ended up here. We, uh, we, we need now to do the digging to prove it. And hopefully we can axe this re- revolting uh, waste of money before it, uh, it's, the money's gone. Okay. Well, we will uh, certainly be checking back with you on this. Thank you so much for being with us, Pierre Polievre. Okay. Great to be with you, Libby. Bye Okay. Now. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.